Hey, good morning, Rock. How's it going? All right. Hey, yesterday morning I got up um, early in the morning and I rode five kilometers down the Kafui River in Zambia with my coach, Desmond Nachingwa. Uh, I'm a rower. Um, that's my form of exercise. I love to row. And so, and then I got done and I got back here early enough to be here with you on Vision Sunday here at the Rock Church. But actually, I was on my rowing machine upstairs. Um, and that's, uh, that's actually part of the footage where I get to row with Desmond Nachinga. He's a world-class rower. And the thing that we were doing yesterday was, was interesting because it was all about core rowing and, and rowing is a core exercise e- everything is pretty much uh, thighs and and glutes uh, biscuits uh, back and, and stomach and it's all it's all about developing the the core um, in our bodies just one row at a time and to be a really good rower it's really not about your boat it's not about big biceps it's not about really being heady in any way it's all about who you are and who you develop yourself to be you know in in the core or in the guts of 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 who you are and one one person has said it this way rowing is a butts and guts exercise are you with me it's all about glutes and it's all about it's all about guts and and it's one row at a time. And I'm going to suggest to you that the church needs a strong core. And the church really is all about butts and guts at the same time. It's about, pardon the expression, it's about butts and services on Sundays and then the guts throughout the week to do what God has asked you to do. And so this morning, we're going to talk about, you know, just exactly what is the church? How does the church become strong? And, and what should its vision be? And so I want to start with um, sort of a gut exercise for us this morning, um, looking at what the Apostle Paul wrote in, in 1 Corinthians about the church. And he uses a body analogy when he's talking about the church. He, he gives us the example of a body, and it says this. What we have is one body, so let's all say it together, the yeah, one body, the church, with many parts. And so all of us represent the church, um, and there are many parts to it, and all of those parts, each in its proper size and in its proper place, no part is important on its own. So no individual in the room is important beyond any other person that's in the room. And he goes on to say, can you imagine the eye telling the hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. And, and so none of us have the, the right to, to look at one another and say we, we don't need one another here because all the parts come together, they're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And then he goes on and says this, as a matter of fact, in other words, this is kind of a timeout. Paul's, Paul's calling a timeout and he says, as a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. And, and, and the word lower there is, is really, you know, in the original language, it talks about, it talks about innards. It talks about, it talks about guts. It talks about the core of who we are as a person and therefore necessary. You, you can live without an eye, for instance, but you cannot live without a stomach. In other words, the core becomes more important than, than anything else. And, th- and then
And then he continues on just a little bit more and says this. I, I love this. When, when it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? You know what I would pick, right? I would pick the full body. No, I would pick, I would pick the guts. See, when it comes to when it comes to the church, the core is where we have to begin. Because if there isn't a strong core, there can't and probably won't be a strong church. So what's at the core of a church that's, that's growing and strong and healthy? And that's where we're going to spend our time. What's at the core of a church that's healthy and, gro- and growing and strong? And really what's at the core of a church is four engaging and healthy environments. It's gathering, it's groups, it's expressing your gifts, and it's giving generously. That's the core. And so the, the idea of a vision on Sundays is to give you a vision, not, not, of, what, not of what God wants from you, but of what, of God, what God wants for you. And he wants you to be engaged in those environments. It, when, you, when you look at a rowing motion or a rowing stroke, everything begins with what's called the catch. Um, the, the, catch is, the catch is that position that's the beginning of the rowing motion. As a matter of fact, it's when you're all coiled up. It's when, when your arms are extended and your knees are fully bent and you're, ba- you're bent down and you're getting yourself mentally ready to push off with your thighs. It's called, it's called the catch. And, and, and if you have a bad catch, you're going to have a bad row. And if you have a series of bad catches, then you're going to have a series of bad rows. And, and, and so what is the catch here on Sunday mornings? The catch is everything starts with gathering. Everything in your life, the power for your life, the forward momentum for your life is developed in the catch. And, and, and in, in developing the catch, what happens in the catch, it says if it's tight, it's right. If the catch is tight, it's right. And if you're here on Sunday mornings and, and, and you're ready to say, you know what, I am ready for the beginning of a new week. I'm gonna catch what God wants for me for this week. And, and so in typical fashion, or maybe atypical fashion, I don't know, but I always like to come up with sort of acrostics for each one of these things. And you'll tell by the end of today's service that I was exhausted in trying to put together acrostics that worked. Okay, are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? Let's, let's just give you the first one here. All right, see the catch? C-A-T-C-H, pretty good, huh? The, the, catch, the catch for us in gathering on Sundays, why do we gather on Sundays? Well, first of all, we gather on Sundays because Christ is the center of who we are and what we do. If, if you are wondering who Christ is and you are wondering what he wants, or you're wondering uh, what he wants you to do, Sunday mornings is the place where you get that catch or that launch for the week. I mean, if, if, you're, like, if you're like me, how many live Monday through Saturday and reflect back on Sundays? 
See, if you're not here on Sundays, then you can't reflect back on anything that would have been your catch for the week that may have been that springboard, that just that, just that one thought, that one concept, that one idea that if you had grabbed it on Sunday, it might have made it better for you during the week, that maybe you would have made a better decision and had fewer regrets. That's sort of our theme for the week. And so we want you to catch, we want you to catch Christ on Sunday mornings. Not only that, attendance matters. If you're not here, you can't catch it, right? I mean, how, how many, if you're not here, go online and intentionally listen to what went on? Pro- probably not very many based on the results that, that we see. And we're encouraging you not to listen online, but to be here and be here in order to catch what goes on because it's an experience. It's an experience together with one another. When, when you begin to look at attendance in church now this is mind-boggling to me those people that call themselves now listen i'm gonna take a deep breath for just a second those those people that call themselves church people and and that could be us those those people that call themselves church people and regularly attend church attend one point two five times per month that works out to 15 sundays a year that that's the that's the average church-going person in america today 1.25 that that means that's 15 sundays a year now here's a question how healthy would you be if you went to the gym 15 times a year probably not very right? That, w- that would be once a month plus a little bit to go to the gym, and you said, well, I did my workout for the month, right? And, and so here, here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. If, if you want to become, and I hope you do based on today, if, if you want to become a 2020 visionary at The Rock, in other words, you want Christ to be the center of your life, and, and you want to catch what's going on here, let's take 2020 and add 20 to 20 and and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to commit to 40 Sundays this year at The Rock. I'm going to commit to 40 Sundays. And so what that means is that you you and I get 12 excused absences. (laughs) All right? We get 12 excused absences a year. All right, that's a little over, um, um, you know, it's just the opposite of what no people normally attend. And so instead of, instead of only being here 1.25 or 15, be out 12. And, and you get 12 excused absences. That means that you can miss one Sunday a month on the average. Now, now listen, why does it matter? It has to do with Together, we get strengthened through worship and word. See, the strength, the strength in the gospel isn't necessarily individual by individual by individual by individual. The strength in the gospel is everybody being together, being, being worshipful together, and being taught together regarding some kind of a theme in your life that, that will make a difference in how you live. I haven't, haven't done this for a, a long time, but 
that back in 2002, um, Ron and I were in Southern California. We were we were visiting her brother in Southern California, and um, I walked into it's just a regular old bookstore and the first thing i used to do when i went into a bookstore was i'd go to the you know the spiritual section of the bookstore and and look and see what there was maybe that was different there and i and i ran across this bible it's called the niv thematic reference bible and i started thinking what does that mean most bibles are broken down um by words in other words, if, if you want to find the word repentance in a Bible, th- then you'd go to the, the, the thesaurus at the end or, or the index, and you'd look, up, you'd look that up, and then it would tell you all the places in the Bible where that particular word appeared. This is different. This, this talks about themes. It doesn't talk about an individual word. It talks an, about an individual theme that you may have to work out in your life. And I said, what a great idea. What a great concept for a church. Rather than just coming and studying individual words, why don't we, why don't we study themes? And, and so I grabbed this and looked through it and started thinking, look at all the themes that there are. The theme of anger. The theme of jealousy, the theme of resentment, the theme of spiritual growth. And and so all of a sudden I said to myself, this is, I love this concept. Let's develop a ministry that's that's word-based, but it's theme-driven. And you might be saying, well, how many themes can there be? All right, are you thinking about that? Let me, let someone ask the questions. How many themes can there be? Yeah, thank you very much. The, appreciate that. Yeah, that. Who said that? Oh, well, you already get a free, free a lunch, so we'll have to give it to somebody else. <laughs> There's 9,000. 9,000 themes. And so we're never going to run out of material. We're never going to run out of material. The material's all laid out. We just have to figure out what themes are you living in? What themes are you trying to work out? What, what themes seem to drive your life during the week? And, and what's interesting about that is, is none of us live in a world where nobody else lives. That's important because the next part is community be, begins here, initial contact and connection. So you know what happens when you come here on Sundays? And we're, we're a, word, you know, a word-based, theme-driven ministry. It means that you're sitting around people that have the same issues you do. Look, look at someone around you and say, I have the same issues you do. Go ahead and say, look at somebody and say, I have the same issues you do. Yeah. And now you can say, except, now, now you can say, except yours are worse. And, and so that's, that's why we have to catch. We have to catch what's going on on Sunday mornings because that's where our hearts and our heads are prepared for life. It's right, it's right here. And, and I wouldn't do the rock justice and I wouldn't do you justice if I didn't talk about where we're going with respect to themes. Now, I've, I've heard this a little bit lately. 
I, I've heard people say, or maybe you've heard people say, um, based, on, based on hurt in their life or based on hurt, period, that they're giving church a break. Have you ever heard that? I'm, you know, I'm just going to give church a break. Well, I'm, I'm going to challenge you for just a second. Why don't we say that just about church? Why don't we say things like, I'm giving showering a break? <laughs> right? I'm giving showering a break. Well, you know, you don't need a shower every day, all right? But the people around you really appreciate it when you shower. And so if you give church a break, there may, be, there may be something that you could have picked up that particular Sunday that may have made you easier to be around that week and other people would have appreciated. Not, not many people say, I'm giving teeth brushing a break. Do you? When's the last time you said, you know, I think I'm going I'm I'm to give my toothbrush a break. Well, you know, you don't have to brush your teeth every day, but your hygienist really appreciates it when you do show up at the dentist having brushed your teeth every day because it makes it a lot easier for her not to have to scrape the excess tartar off of your teeth. Are you with me? But now, now, if that's offensive, I'm, I'm sorry. The next one's going to be even better. All right? I'm giving paying my insurance premiums a break. You know, when there's an accident, it is so much easier for your adjuster to help you when you've paid your premiums. Are you catching what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the last thing. The last thing that we should give a break is catching, gathering together. Because it's where life really starts for the week. And just, just so you know where we're, where we're going, this, this next uh, half a year, um, go ahead and put that next slide up there for me. That for the next half a year, we're going we're gonna to deal, deal with three things. Um, we're going to deal with relationships um, in February. We're doing a, a, a theme-driven month here called Relationships 101. Now, if, if you have relationships knocked out in your life, then you, there's, you're excused. You don't have to be here. However, however, if, if you're struggling in a relationship or you've struggled in a relationship or you're not in a relationship and you, th- you probably think you will be in a relationship later on, then, then there's some things that you can pick up from Relationships 101. It's a refresher course. And I'm going to tell you right up front that relationships are three things. Relationships are three things. Negotiation, communication, and appropriation. Negotiation, communication, and appropriation. If you, want, if you want to know what those are and how they can drive and make a solid foundation and catch where you need to be in order to have a solid relationship, I'll be here in February. It's going to be a great month. In, in March, we're beginning a series called Follow. Now Jesus, Jesus uses the term follow or follow me 99 times in the Gospels. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at it and say, who, who does he say, follow me to? 
And why do they follow? And, and, and you know what? You, you just might find yourself in one of those follow me stories. Because he says it to everybody. And everybody follows for a different reason. So we're going to catch the first time he says follow me to Matthew. Till the resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. Why, why should we follow him in life? And, and then after, after Easter, we're going to do a series called You're Not the Boss of Me. And this is different than you think. You're, you're Not the Boss of Me is about, is about emotions that drive your life that you can't help and you need to get control of them. And whether those emotions are guilt or anger or envy or fear, there's something inside of us that has the ability to be the boss of us, and we don't like it, we don't want it, and we want to change it. And that series is going to help you catch what they are and then catch how to change them in your life. Are you good so far? We've covered one of four G's. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> the, next, the next part of the rowing motion, the next part of the rowing motion is called the drive. When, from the catch, you drive with your legs. In, in, in other words, this is, this is the guts part of butt and guts. In other words, gathering is all about Sunday mornings, butts and seats, and, and pardon my expression, sometimes I say biscuits, sometimes I say butts, but butts is more appropriate, I think. The, the drive is actually this, groups. It's, you know, what drives your life is, is, is being in a group of some kind, a small group of some kind. You know, Sunday mornings is all about, is all about information. Being in a group is all about transformation. It, it's, that, it's that place where you begin, well, here's, here's my acrostic for, for drive. Deeper relationships inviting vigorous engagement with Christ and one another. Give me a round of applause for drive. All right. <laughs> Deeper relationships inviting vigorous engagement with Christ and one another. What's that mean? It means that, that you can show up, not know anything, not believe anything, not have any kind of church background whatsoever, and you can have vigorous discussions about whatever it is you want to have vigorous discussions about and not be judged. We love to say that the, the rock is a place where you can feel like you can belong regardless of if you believe or what you believe. In, in small groups is the place to do that. It's a place where, where you can deepen the, your relationship with, with God or it's a place you can deepen your relationship with other people who, who may have trusted God or are trusting God, and you don't know who to trust or what to trust, or even whether or not you should trust being here. It's going to be a safe place. We're, being in a group isn't about your being evaluated. It's your being elevated in your understanding of who God is and what he wants from your lives. It, it, takes, it takes a lot of guts to go from here on Sunday mornings into a group. But, but that's what the church needs. 
The church needs people that have guts because God is asking you to, in your innards, say to yourself, I'm going to move forward in spiritual life. I'm gonna move forward in a journey. And, and so we're, gonna, we're just telling you right up front, all right, it, you know, as far as the vision for the first part of this year, the vision for the first part of this year is, is that we want you to engage in the environment of small groups. Engage in an environment of small groups. And the small groups are, are going to be revolve around these three things. It's, it's pretty simple. They're gonna revolve around faith, finances, and family. Faith, finances, and family. Everybody in the room has relationships going somewhere or going nowhere. Everybody has finances that are going somewhere or going nowhere. Everybody has a faith life that's going somewhere or going nowhere. And the way, the way and the place that you work all those out is take, take your drive and say, I wanna be in a small group environment. You know, in, in scripture, in scripture, in Acts, in Exodus chapter 18, there's a story about Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. Moses has just brought the nation of Israel out of captivity in Egypt. Uh, and, and so Moses, uh, along with several million people, are moving their way through the desert. A and every morning, Moses would get up and he would put himself in, in sort of a judgment seat where the people, where a million plus people would come to him one by one and say, I, we're having, I'm having issues with my neighbor or these are the things that are going on in my life. And, and Moses would take each one of those people individually and he would start to help them with what God wanted in their life. Well, Moses' father-in-law Jethro shows up and he sees what Moses is doing and he goes, you are absolutely bonkers. Maybe that's not exactly the exact translation. But, but Jethro says to Moses, he says, you know, you're, you're standing there from morning till night, day after day after day, re receiving the people's issues and helping them work through challenges. And, and Jethro says to him, he says, you're gonna wear yourself out and you're gonna wear the people out and you're gonna frustrate the dickens out of them. Here's what you need to do. And he says, appoint capable people and let them work with the people in groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So small groups isn't a new thing in church. It's been an old thing for a long, long time. Why? It's because it's where we work out the details of life. And so in these three environments, in these three environments, starting point, Starting point is just a place where you start on your spiritual journey. If, if you are kicking tires or you're maybe back in church for the first time all over again or there's some basic concepts that, that maybe have fought, you've fallen short and don't remember them, don't understand, starting point is the place where you can come and we'll, there's going to be eight basic faith lessons. And, and they're designed for they're designed for regular people. They're, they're, it's one of those it's one of those series where the writer and the publisher put the groceries exactly where the people can reach them. Think about starting point. Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is is that place that changed my our my brides and my financial understanding of what God wants from our resources and even how to deal with our resources. 
It's a commitment. It's a nine-week commitment. It's going to cost you a little bit of an investment. Uh, and unless you have all of your finances all figured out, it's going to be a great place for you to be in a small environment with other people that are dealing with exactly the same kind of issues that you're probably dealing with. And then lastly, Relationships 101 class is a small group experience that Rhonda and I are going to lead in March after the Relationships 101 series. And here's, th- here's the great thing about the relationship uh, small groups class. Y- again, you don't have to be in a relationship. I, I, there's, there's tools that you can take away for the relationship that you're in or the anticipated ones that, that you may have. And, and here's the deal. You get to choose the topics. Beginning next week, you, you get to tell us what are the topics that you want to deal with in relationships that, that um, maybe nobody has ever wanted to broach with you. So in, in the concept of small groups... Here's the challenge. Visionary 2020 kind of person. Not only be in services 40 times for the year, but put yourself into, have the guts to drive yourself into 20 small group experiences in 2020. 20 small group experiences. That's basically every other week and a half. Are you with me? So, so far we've covered gathering and what? Okay, since some of you got to pay attention here. All right, we've covered gathering in groups. Okay, next. The, the last part or this, the third part of the rowing motion is called the finish. It's actually when your legs drive you all the way back, there's a finish that has to take place. And the finish that takes place is, is you have to bend at your waist and lean back and pull the rows all the way towards your chest. You know what that's called? It's called the finish. Now, this, this particular um, acrostic isn't on the board or isn't upstairs. Um, it, it's called gifts. It's where, we, it's where we use our gifts of serving other people. And so here's, here's my acrostic for finish. Are you ready? Are you, come on, are you ready? Okay, here we go. Lean in. Just kidding. Find individual niches in serving and helps. Find individual niches in serving and helps. Here's here's what the Apostle Paul says in the same section of Scripture from 1 Corinthians. He says, God's various gifts. Okay, and and, he's talking about spiritual gifts, but for the purposes of the rock, we could just talk about if this is someplace where you belong, you know, God has has naturally gifted us in certain skills, abilities, talents, and what various things, they're handed out to everyone. So everyone has something that they contribute, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate with God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it. Now, now pay attention to this. Each person, each person, you know what that means to me? It means that there are no exclusions. Each person here, each person is given something to do. Did, did you know 
that in you, God has given you something to do here. It's, it's part of the core of who you are as someone that's part of the rock. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. So what Paul, what Paul is saying is, is that each and every one Each and every one of us, in some way, contributes to the whole. And and so if if you call the rock home, one of the things that we're asking you to do this year as part of being a 2020 visionary is, is to plug yourself into 20 environments or expressions of your skills, abilities, talents, or gifts here. Why? And you say, well, that's it's all about it's all about the rock getting me. No, it's not. It's really, this is for you. Because it's, it's the healthiest place you can be. People that serve, statistically, in every survey that's ever been done, people that serve and people that volunteer are generally healthier and live longer than people that don't, no matter whether it's a spiritual environment or not. And, and so when it comes to expressing yourself, expressing yourself isn't just about someone else receiving the benefit of what you do, and it certainly is part of that, but the biggest benefit accrues to you because in accruing to you, what happens is that you have, now listen, you have the ability to begin to finish, finish your spiritual value in the world. And and I know the question. I can anticipate the question. What can I do? What can I do here that's going to make a difference in someone else's life? Is it a valid question? It's a valid question. And, and so here, here's what I'm going to tell you. I didn't know either. And so when I first started on my spiritual journey, I, I'm, I'm not sure I understood the cross or what I was supposed to believe or anything at that point in time. But I, but I threw myself into, my bride and I threw ourselves into um, a summer experience at the church where we were with, with kids into their vacation Bible school. And, and it, was just, it was just about us putting ourselves into and putting ourselves in that environment and, and I don't know if the kids benefited from it at all, but I did. Because I began to see other people that were serving and giving and uh, investing their time in, in, in the next generation. It, it's important that you do that. Uh, it, the first time I ever walked into church, I have no clue what the pastor talked about that day. Uh, in, in 1986, I walked into a church uh, with a lot of other things being the boss of me, whether it was fear or anger or frustration or whatever it was. And, and because of a life issue, because of a crisis in our life, my bride and I walked through the church doors. And like I said, I have no concept of what the talk was about that day. I only remember one thing and I only remember one person. And his name was Roy Bowers and he was a greeter at the front door. And all he said to me was, it's okay, you're going to have a great day. And he shook my hand. That's all I remember. 
But see, he was somebody that, that was, was finishing his spiritual life development because he was serving. He was using his gifts of engagement or whatever it might be to make sure that people who came through the front door felt comfortable coming through the front door. Engagement is extremely important in finishing our journey. And then not, not too many weeks ago, I was here in the auditorium on a Sunday morning and I was talking to people that were in the auditorium before the service started. And I, and I talked with a couple and that, that I, did, I didn't know. We, we met for the first time. And, and I said, how did you make your way to the rock? And they told me that their, their mom was in a hospital and, and she wasn't doing well. And a, and a person showed up in the room that asked if he could come in, asked if he could talk, asked if he could pray with her. And the mom said, sure, come on in. And then the mom communicated to the couple. This man came um, who was sort of a chaplain here at the church and he talked to me a lot about God, and he talked to me about the church, and they ended up here at the church because of that communication from the individual that was in, in visiting in the hospital, and his name is Dick Davis. He's a rocker. And, and, and it's, not, it's not an official ministry of the rock. Dick is just a guy that, that loves the Lord, and he loves to visit people who need prayer. And he loves to talk about Christ to those people that are near the end of life. And, and now part of that family is here. Because he was, he's willing to finish. He's willing to finish that part of his spiritual journey. A after services today... is a place where you can go in the lobby. And it talks about volunteering areas here at the Rock. We want you to volunteer. We want you to finish in, on your journey. And, and, and there's a whole list of places where you can get involved, like the welcome team, security team, media team, worship team, Solid Rock Cafe, thrift store. But there's one table out there that always seems to have people seemingly walk by it like this. Do you know the table I'm talking about? Say it. Kids Rock. Why do we know that? Why do we know that? I mean, people, uh, you know, I, I will slam my finger in a car door before I'll go into Kids Rock. Right? We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. The Kids Rock table is, is going to be over up against the wall by the drinking fountain. And, and I'm just telling you, if, if, if you put yourself into 20 um, serving, volunteering, giving experiences for the year in that area, make some of them kids rock. Th those, kids, those kids love to look up at big people who care about Jesus. Because they know that if the big people in their lives care about Jesus, then they'll care about Jesus eventually if they see us living that way. So, so please, um, I, I'm gonna be at the doors, you know, where I usually am when I leave. 
And, and, and so, you know, if you come, if you say bye to me on the way out, I'm going to ask you if you've been to the kids' rock table. <laughs> and if you haven't been to the kids' rock table, you got to go back to the kids' rock table. All right? Fair enough? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that one. Lastly, the, the last part of the rowing motion is called recovery. It's, it's where you um, pull yourself up with, with your thighs and your stomach and you, and you push yourself forward. But it's also that place where you get the energy on the inhale for the next row. It's, it's a time for you to, to begin to replace what's been depleted. It's a place for you to get oxygen. It's a pra- place for you to catch the next breath. And here, the recovery is generous giving. Generous giving. And I, I know you're all, whenever, whenever uh, you know, pastor talks about resources in church, you know, a lot, of, a lot of biscuits pucker up and grab the chair and everybody, <coughs> it shouldn't be that way. Why? Be- because people, people who are spirit-directed, the church has life breathed into it to continue its vision and mission when spiritual people relax their hold on financial resources and release them to expand the reach of the gospel and a new life in Christ for other people. Th- this is, this is going to be uh, my toughest or greatest challenge to the rock this morning. And so I want to I want to get personal here for a minute. I love the Rock Church. I'm I'm planning on being around here for as long as God wants me around here. All right? Thank you. One amen out of 20. I mean, that's one. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. <laughs> Did I get that right? Okay, I recognize the voice. All right. The Rock is a relatively big enterprise. You know, its its budget is you know probably close to a couple million dollars a year. But the enterprise doesn't only include the church. The enterprise includes a, a Pebbles preschool that's here and a thrift store that's all part of the revenue enterprise of the Rock Church. And 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 I just I just want to say this: um, if if we were a regular church. I, I don't know if that's the right way to put that or not. Anyway, if, if we were a church that was just strictly funded by free will ties and offerings and, and didn't have subsidies or, or help financially from the preschool or from the thrift store, it, it would be really, really tough. So I'm asking us as the rock, I'm asking us, and, I, and when I say us, I'm starting with me and my bride. I'm, I'm asking the rock to support the rock. And here's how. We sat down, and, and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of crossover, uh, you know, expenses, mortgage, and rents, and salaries. People work on a, a lot of different sides of the ledgers at, at the rock. Uh, but, but 
but we sat down and we hammered out a number and, and, and we feel like the accurate number for the rock to support the rock, in other words, the church to support the church activities where, where we gather and have groups and, and expend our gifts and, and generously give, the number's about $8,000 a week. Uh, that's $420,000 for the year. And, and all of you might be going, <gasps> see, there's the inhale. <laughs> The end of the stroke is an inhale. <gasps> That's okay. You know why? Because it is so positively, absolutely doable. Let, let me show you. We're, we're asking for you to be a 2020 giver in 2020. A 2020 giver in 2020. What, is th what does that mean and what does that look like exactly? It means that $40 a week times 52 weeks times 200 givers is $420,000. You know what that, what that is? It's budget met. I it's, not, it's not hard. It's not impossible. It isn't, isn't do undoable. And and so I'm going to keep it personal and say, starting with me, I or we as a leadership group owe you an apology. We're asking for your forgiveness. Be because we ask you to be generous givers. We ask you to release resources to a purpose that's bigger than yourself. We, we ask you to be someone who doesn't give reluctantly or under compulsion. But you know what we don't do? We don't tell you how you're doing. We, we don't give you an indication. And, and so we're going to stop that. And beginning next week in the program, you're going to know how you're doing with respect to releasing resources and becoming part of being a 2020 visionary here at The Rock by telling you how we're doing month to date and how we're doing year to date with regard to the generosity that, that you all have to make this ministry take a great big exhale and relax. Because when generous giving happens, ministries can relax, and the more you relax, the more your core grows. And the more your core grows, the more the church can do. And the more the church can do, the more the world changes around the church. Now, you'll notice that the worship team is back, which means they want me to finish. <laughs> and you're probably saying, thank God, I hope he's almost done. Right? Yeah, right. Okay, well... Then I'll continue for just a little bit. Mark, Mark Twain used to say, or wrote, um, a good sermon has a great opening and a great closing, and the two should be as close together as possible. <laughs> All right? So here's the closing. Here's the closing. We won't do this together unless one thing happens. Because it really is all about the journey together. We won't do this together unless Christ reigns in our life. I started off by saying it's not what the church wants from you. 
It's what Christ wants for you. See, if you participate and engage in the environments that we talked about today, gathering and groups and gifts and giving, you'll become a a 2020 visionary covenant person. This year, just by doing those things, you'll make better decisions in all areas of your life and you'll have fewer regrets. It'll happen. But we first of all have to make the decision to let him reign. And that's going to be the closing song that we do. But the closing song isn't going to be the close of the service. So when the song's over, I don't want you I don't want your biscuits to move. All right? I, I want you just to sit back down because during during the song um, some great folks are going to come through the auditorium and they're going to give you a sheet of paper. And, and I don't want you to read it during, this, during the song, okay? We're going to read it together at the end. Are you with me? Okay, so when you get the sheet of paper during this song, do you read it? Okay, what do you do? You worship, all right? You worship. Okay, so let me pray us into this song and watch for the paper, don't read it, and we'll talk for just a couple of minutes when it's all done. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Keep going back to the Word. And the Word's grace. Thank you for the grace in our lives. And we're asking you, Let us fully embrace the concept of that as we make decisions today to catch the rock's vision and become a part of it. It, It's a wild thing to do. But since you are wild in inviting us, we want to be wild in responding. And we do certainly want you to reign in our lives. And we thank you in your son's precious name. Amen. Please stand. All right, have a seat for just 15, 20 more minutes. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, the, the last thing I want to do is belabor this thing. Uh, and so in your hand is what's called the 2020 Rock Visionary Commitment. And, and I, we, leadership at the Rock Church is saying, we want you to be transformed in 2020 by becoming a Rock Visionary um, and supporting and growing my church in the following environments, gathering groups, gifts, and generous giving. And, and if, you're like, if you're like me, I hate to be read to. If someone says, can I read you something? I say, oh, please don't. No, I don't, I don't want to be read to. Okay, but, but I'm going to read this to you because I want to make sure that we don't miss any of this. And so what I'm going to commit to is gathering, being here at least 40 Sundays in 2020. And so some schedules are going to have to be rearranged, and that's, that's okay. This is the priority. This is the place that's going to change your life, and this is where we need to be. Groups. I want to commit to at least 20 small group experiences this year. It's scary, but I'm not afraid. All right? It's scary, but I'm not afraid. Gifts of serving others through volunteering will be explored at least 20 times in 2020. I can do this. 
I can do this because it's good for me. And then generous giving will top my financial uh, resource management priority list. I'll be a 2020 giver somehow, anxious to see what God does here with me. I either commit to giving 2020 or commit to increasing my current giving by 2020 in 2020. Now, let me talk about this for j- the, this last part for just a second. Okay. You listen better when there's music, right? Okay. You know, the whole giving thing, first of all, I, we, as a leadership team, we will never stand up here and ask you to do something that we don't do ourselves. So we're committing to this. My bride and I have already... um, discovered the resources for us to be able to participate in this and we'll finish our commitment by the end of by the end of february and we're adding the 2020 to over and above what we already do because we like to be generous givers you may not be in a position to do that we we get it but i got to tell you that if if it's really not about the money it's about the priority that you make it because I've discovered where you can find 40 bucks a week pretty easy. Skip seven lattes. Um, cancel live TV and just watch <laughs> streaming. <laughs> um, don't go out to dinner maybe once in a week. I- if it's a priority, you'll, f- you'll find a way to do it, okay? And I also, I also want you to know that this, this, is an ag- this whole thing is an agreement, but a particularly... Uh, between you and God, but particularly the financial part of it, I want you to hear me on this. This is this is between you and your and your heavenly Father. God God says in in Malachi chapter three, He says, "Just test me in this. See if I'm not faithful. If you're faithful, and that, that's all I'm going to say." It, well, one more thing. It's not <laughs> naturally right. It's between you and God. And so don't think that someone's going to be tracking your, your commitment. You're, you know, you're not going to get a call from me on Wednesday and say, hey, Phil, I noticed that you're uh, kind of falling behind here on your... Uh, I'm, that's not going to happen. I, it's between you and God. And I'm just telling you, if you begin this process, it absolutely transforms how you look at your resources and it transforms the way you look at other people because it's really an opportunity for you to exhale and say, I'm contributing to the bigger picture in a way that I never thought I could do it. It's so incredibly refreshing. And we're encouraging you to be refreshed this year. Sign it, date it, put your name and email on there. There are rock visionary tables out in the lobby. There's going to be a plethora of people out there that would love to talk with you, answer any questions that you might have, but this is, this is the bottom line. In, some of you are probably saying, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, and I just, I just want to show you something real quick. 20 more things here. Wow, you're asking a lot, right? Not, in, not relatively. Look at this. God's graced you with 
8,784 hours in 2020. There's an extra 24 in there because it's leap year. The Rock's visionary time requirement is 120 hours for the year if you were to do all the things in here. That's only 1.3% of the total hours that God has graced you to breathe in this year. By comparison, the average person will spend 878 hours on Facebook alone. That's 10% of your graced hours. 10 times more than you'll spend on spiritual life development. What's going to mean better decisions and fewer regrets for you in the future? Being a rock visionary or being on Facebook? I'm just going to leave us with that. Stop by the visionary table. Drop off your visionary form. Don't forget the kids rock table. God bless. We'll see you next week.